This is the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And you're listening to the Gospel of the Lord and the homily of Reverend Angelo Satino, pastor of Nativity of Our Lord Parish in Warminster, Pennsylvania. from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. He replied, What do you wish me to do for you? They answered him, Grant that in your glory we may sit one at your right and the other at your left. Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? They said to him, we can. Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right or at my left is not mine to give but is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at James and John. Jesus summoned them and said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you will be the slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. St. Mark in his Gospel speaks a lot about the meaning of discipleship. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And in today's gospel, he tells the story of James and John, two of the apostles. He uses those closest disciples of Jesus to show how even they misunderstood his identity and his mission, and what it meant to be one of his followers. The same thing happens to today's disciples. James and John went to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Now you and I would probably say, I wouldn't have the guts to do that. But how many times in our prayers do we tell Jesus what he is to do for us? We do it too. James and John, they followed Jesus, they loved Jesus, they believed in his message, but they still weren't sure what he was all about. And they had this idea that he would reestablish an earthly kingdom where he would have power over everything. 
sort of like when David ruled. Israel would be restored to its glory. And that everything there was to be realized through power and earthly wealth would be realized. That's not why Jesus came. And they thought this. We're his followers. We walk closely with him. We teach with him. We serve him. So therefore, we should get what we want. How many times I hear people say, and I say it myself sometimes, when suffering comes into someone's life, but they're such good people. Well, what about that good person? What makes us think, because we are good, we won't suffer? God not only didn't tell us that, but he showed us that in the person of Jesus. This is a broken, sinful, temporary world. And so all of us will suffer here, even God in the flesh. The fulfillment of what Jesus came to bring is in the kingdom of God in eternity. That's where there's an end of suffering, an end of sin, an end of death. But we misunderstand sometimes and think that I'll be good and then I get what I want. Because Jesus has established an earthly kingdom to give me what I want. When I was a very young priest, another priest wrote me a note of encouragement. And he said, Angelo, remember in the priesthood, there are many more Calvaries than Tabor's. Of course, we know Mount Calvary is where Jesus suffered and died, gave himself up for the salvation of the world. Tabor was that mount where he took Peter, James, and John, and his glory was revealed before them. That was one time. If we read the life of Jesus, we find most of his life was leading to Calvary. Because he was misunderstood, he was hated, he suffered, he was put to death. Most of his life was Calvary. But he did experience a Tabor to reveal his glory to his disciples. I didn't know when that priest wrote to me exactly what he meant, that there are many more Calvaries than Tabors in the priesthood. After 38 years as a priest, I know exactly what he meant. Every once in a while, we experience a tabor where we feel the fulfillment of God's glory passingly. And that's what helps us to continue to live the Calvaries in our everyday life. There used to be a great respect for age and wisdom of people. Because people who have lived life, people who have lived the Calvaries, people who have been open to allowing themselves to be sustained by the periodic tabers, they had a wisdom to offer us about the experience of life. 
Unfortunately, in the world we live today, when a person gets a certain age, we should just get rid of them because they have nothing to offer. How sad that is because we have so much to learn from them. You know, great money is spent on weddings today. <clears throat> I hear people saying how they go into debt, they take out loans because they have to give this big wedding because that's what is expected in our society. Well, this is what I say. When a couple has lived marriage, when they mark significant anniversaries, that celebration should be bigger than the wedding. Because they have lived what they've promised. They've been through the Calvary of married life. And on those special days when they celebrate their love, it's like a tabor. When the glory of God is revealed to them. It takes two people to make a good marriage, not one. But they have a lot to teach the rest of us about what that means. I think of parents raising your children. Some days you probably want to pull your hair out. And I don't just mean when they're young. I mean when they're older too in this crazy world we live in. But once in a while you realize how proud you are of your children. And it's like an occasional tabor in the midst of all the Calvaries. We learn how to survive with divine assistance. When people come to me for confession and they're beating themselves to death over their sins and I can tell they feel guilty and they feel unworthy and they feel less than acceptable or lovable, <clears throat> I'll say this to them. <clears throat> I want you to go home, and I want you to think of ten things that you do every day. Things that might be boring, things that you might hate to do, things that make you tired, things that call for great sacrifice, People do those things every day. And realize how you are living the Calvaries of your life. This is evil's goal. To separate people from God. Once we give up on God, then evil has prevailed. And the world has its way of making us tired of trying. And so if we think we're worthless in the eyes of God, we give up on the journey. But we are disciples of Jesus as people who serve if we look at what we do every day. And we realize, like that priest wrote to me that time, not just in the priesthood, but in life in general, there are many more Calvaries than Tabers. And we live those Calvaries every day. And God sees that. And God loves us for it.
and we have to recognize it so that we don't get tired because we think we're unworthy. We are worthy in the eyes of God. So my brothers and sisters, you are good people. You are followers of Christ. You live your Calvaries and you have to allow yourself to be encouraged by your tabers, few as they are in our lives. Because it is the presence of God, our realization of his presence with us in those moments of glory that we receive the grace and strength to continue to live the Calvaries, moving forward always to the glory that will one day be ours with Jesus, not in this world, but in the kingdom of heaven. So what do you think about Jesus? Do you know him? Do you understand his identity? Do you recognize his mission? And are you willing to risk being his follower?